In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC, right here on life-changing talk radio, 105.1 FM, WAVA. Now, longtime listeners of the show would know that this is the time you normally hear. My name is Dennis Williams, and I'm Director of Ministry Relations for WAVA Radio. But Dennis isn't able to join us for this show, so you get just me flying solo. My name is Brian Bales, and I partner with him on this show called Good News for the City. Sometime in and out, we do this, but my day job is lead pastor at Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia, and I want to welcome you on his behalf and WABA's behalf and One Heart DC's behalf today's, to today's broadcast. So let's talk for a moment. This is what scripture says. I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Also, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, and here's the key, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. If you were Googling that or you know that right off the top of your head, you know that comes written from the Apostle Paul through the power of the Holy Spirit in the book of Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 19. And it talks about the importance of being rooted. And today we're going to talk about that with our guest, Morgan Ricori, and about the rooted lifestyle. The rooted life is a Christian lifestyle brand that is sprouted from this passage. Uh, And it's passionate about helping people build their lives on faith first. And so we're excited to have Morgan today to join us to tell her story about what The Rooted Life is all about. Morgan, thanks for joining the show today, and thanks for being a part. I'm glad to have you here. If Dennis was here, he'd say, we are glad to have you here. Thank you, Brian. I'm honored. Lots of people start with saying they're honored when they begin. Hopefully, you'll be honored by the time we finish up here in that way. Let me tell our our listeners a little bit about you, though. You're an Atlanta native. Uh, What makes me want to know, are you a Falcons fan? Are you a Braves fan? Or maybe no fan at all in that way. So I'm a Cleveland fan, so you have to pray for me. Uh, But you now call Washington, D.C. home. Uh, You're passionate about Jesus, justice, and community. I love that three, and I love the order that they're in as well. Uh, You work to bring about generational healing to marginalized and oppressed communities, particularly the black community. Uh, You love music, good vegan food, and a good laugh. Before we got on air, you talked about having some vegan yogurt. And I have to be honest. Just from my background in the Midwest, you don't obviously you normally put good and vegan together, but I'm going to trust you on that with a good vegan food uh, for my brother-in-law, who's a good vegan as well. I uh, just thanks thanks for being here, as I already said. So let's dive into kind of who you are and what comes then into talking about the Rooted Life podcast. And we're going to mention this several times throughout the show, and just tell you right now, you can go to rootedlifepodcast.com to find out more. But you grew up in Atlanta. Right. What was it like? And in that process, how did you come to have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Mm, long story. Let's see if I can make it concise. and short. Well, we'll, uh, we'll do our best. OK, we'll work on it. We'll see. 
Uh, yeah, grew up in Atlanta. So grew up in a, an area called East Point. Uh, this is back in the early 90s. Grew up in the church. Uh, even mm-hmm. before I was born, my parents were part of a very uh, close-knit, tight church where they were praying over me when I was in the womb. So just always been surrounded by church and been in church. But I think most of my life, I knew of God. I didn't really know him. I, I knew the things right. that people would tell me about him. And I knew him to be what I thought him to be was this angry like judgmental, critical deity that was far off from us. Um, I didn't know about grace. I didn't learn about grace until my 20s. So I spent the first 20 years really struggling in my faith because I didn't know that like, oh, the Holy Spirit can work in you to like help you be obedient. Well, that's helpful. Right. (laughs) You know, I think there's a lot of us who have that background who's listening to the show or grew up uh, in a particular church environment. I know in mine, I often like to say this, that the Holy Spirit only showed up when you screwed up. (laughs) <laughs> and by that, I just mean this is that we did, we talked about the Holy Spirit convicting us and the things that we do bad, which helped me think about a God of a big stick all the time, but nothing about the Holy Spirit actively being involved in our life to conform us to the image of Jesus and to, and to direct and guide us. And so uh, I, I can definitely resonate with that. I'm sure that many of our listeners can as well. So, you know, that's into your twenties. And then you sort of have this sort of moment that happens, What sort of changed that thought process from the, the God who only shows up when you mess up to the God of grace and mercy and kindness and compassion and justice. Uh, valley seasons. Mm. <laughs> I met God in the valley seasons. That's when I started to see, I'm like, let me see if you're really who you say you are. Like, let me, let me try this out. Like, let me see if I'm really going to walk with you, not just on Sundays and raise my hand and say, I give my life away and sing all these beautiful songs, but let me try to see what it's like to walk with you on a Monday. Like, let me see mm. what it's like on a Wednesday. Let me see if you're really going to show up. Like, I want to know because I was right. at a place in my life where I was researching other religions because I didn't want to be a blind follower. I'm a very, sure. um, I'm not going to say rebellious. That seems negative, but I'm the kind of person that like, I'm always pushing the envelope. And I'm mm-hmm. like, if I'm about to give you my whole life, I want to make sure this is really the route for me. And I want to see if you're real. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think in his sovereignty, I had a lot of really, really hard, lonely seasons where his character was revealed to me and his love for me was revealed in the way that he was shepherding me. Um, he just showed up in a season where I didn't yeah. have anywhere to live. And I was living on Dorian, how to do the podcast, but living on her couch. And my life was literally crumbling before my eyes and I had no one else to turn to. And I turned to him and he was like, yeah, I've been here all alone. So let's, mm. let's do this. Um, but it was. Yeah. It was those valley seasons where I saw that he was with me even when I was failing and I had just made a complete mess of my life because I tried to do my own thing and failed miserably and he was just faithful. And I was like, that's a God I can get behind. So yeah, like, Let's just do this. A, a faithful God who doesn't say, well, hey, you messed up. Don't come back. But a faithful right. God says, I've been here the whole time. I happen to have a daughter who's a challenger. That's how we describe her. Mm-hmm. If you say the sky's blue, she's going to say, prove it. And I think there's right. something about those personalities. I have a little bit about that myself wherein we need, we absolutely have to have moments where the truth that we read about in scripture becomes a truth that isn't just our head knowledge, but something we actually experience. And I think that's super important. Now, you talked about a little bit of your background. As I was looking at some of our show notes today, I thought, that's really interesting. Uh, you were a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, what, did you, what did you teach? Ooh, I taught third grade in Southeast. Mm-hmm. I taught at a charter school. And I taught third grade. Um, in PG County. And I went to school to be a teacher. So I did a lot sure. of like, student teaching in Atlanta and worked mm-hmm. with a lot of nonprofits here in DC with kids and kind of like the educational setting. I think a lot of people get into teaching to teach others and then teaching teaches them something. What did, what did your experience uh, help you see? 
who that I needed to go to therapy. <laughs> I was replicating all the things my mom did that I didn't like. Uh, and I was like, oh, this is not, this isn't it. This is, mm-mm. I just, mm-hmm. I could see my, it was almost like an out-of-body experience. I'm like, why am I saying that? Like, what, sure. where is this coming from? So part of it mm-hmm. was like, oh, you have a lot of work you need to do because you're, you're repeating patterns that aren't healthy to people right. that you love. Like you love your kids. So I think that was the first thing I learned about myself is that um, you need to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, the second thing I learned is like love actually changes people. I think people say that because it's like really cute and cliche, like, oh, love changes everything. But sure. when you're working with the kid who at the beginning of the year puts their head down every day and is really disengaged and getting in fights. And by the end of the year, they're a kid who's like laughing and smiling. And it's not trying to give myself credit, but it's like I just showed that kid love. Like I hugged them and I asked them about their weekend and I held their hand. But love really was changing mm-hmm. my kids hearts um, because they were feeling loved and feeling safe. Um, I don't know if they felt that anywhere else. Hopefully they were feeling it in other places in their life, but I just started to see that like loving people well, I think really can change the trajectory of their lives. And I think what I hear you saying is, is that we are the instruments loves the real power um, in in that way. You know, we, we have to be the person who's the, you know, so to speak the glove, but the hand inside of the glove is uh, God's love working through us. Yeah. Right. In fact, it says in scripture that they'll know who we are by the way that we love really well. Now you also have a, a degree in social work and worked mm-hmm. in foster care. Tell me about that for a second, if you would. Oh, geez. I was teaching and my second week of the second year, I was like, Oh, I don't like this. <laughs> like I actually don't want to be a teacher, but I've made a commitment to these kids and these families. Sure. And like, I'm stuck. Cause I don't want to like, I'm not a quitter. And if I've made a commitment to somebody, like I'm going to follow it through. And so I started doing research and asking people like, how do I keep working with kids, but not be with them for eight hours all day? Sure. Cause I'm not built for that. Started researching and was like, Oh, I know what I'll do. I'll change my whole life and go get a graduate degree and go in debt. So that's what I felt called to do is to go back mm-hmm. to school for social work. And I told God I'll do anything in social work except CPS. So um, child protective services. I said, I right. will do anything. And I won't, that's the one thing I won't do. And I learned very quickly. You don't tell God what you Mm -mm. won't do. I'm going to guess your story is involved with child protective services at some point, right? As a kid. Yeah. Yeah. As a kid it was. And as an adult. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Well, you know, I, I've joked before, I've only told God I wouldn't do two things. And one of them was be a pastor. And and there you go. God often has those moments of reminding us uh, about, Hey, I I can do great things through you. Of course you can't be this, but I can be through you. How's God really, I mean, Romans remind us that God works all things together, right? And a lot of times that verse is sort of thrown out as, you know, I like to call it lemonade out of lemons, like all these bad things have happened. So I'm going to make some lemonade uh, out of it, but it's not always that God works backgrounds, like being a teacher, God works backgrounds, like being a social worker to, to form something. How do you think that's begun to shape you and making you part of the person that you are today and what you're doing through the Rooted Life podcast? I think for one, something that was really frustrating in CPS is that you want to help people, but you feel limited. You feel Mm -hmm. kind of helpless sometimes because the issues are so vast um, and so deeply rooted. And I think that in that season, God had to break me out of this idea of trying to be a savior. Um, Uh, I remember one time I had to leave work early because I was literally just overwhelmed with the amount of trauma. I had a case that dealt with murder and abuse and I like children being murdered. And I, I just had to go home. And I was driving home and I'm like, I can't do this. Like, I can't save these people. And he was like, yeah, I already sent a savior. Why are you, why mm-hmm. are you trying to save people? No one told you to do that. Like now you're stressed for no reason. But I think he needed to, to break that off of me. This, 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 this 
this need I felt to save people. Um, mm-hmm. I think that he needed to break that off of me. And I think that he needed to help me see that the, the challenges that communities are facing, particularly the black community is generational. And that the healing has to be generational. Um, and I think that he was showing me in my own life, these patterns that were through generations of my family that he wanted me to help break. And so I think part of it was just for my own healing. Um, but I think also he was just showing me that he writes the best stories. And I yes. think that we think that we write the best stories, but it's like, man, he writes the hindsight. You look back, you're like, that was a really good story. Don't want to do it again. Please yeah. bring that chapter back. But mm-hmm. There's many times I think story. we have in life where like, God, thank you for what you've done in this story. I wish I could have learned it differently. Right, right. <laughs> but I'm grateful that you did that. It's a beautiful story. And the, the old saying about hindsight being 2020 is so true. Yeah. But especially we're in the middle of it, it's very difficult to see sometimes. And so as you've done some of these difficult and hard things, I keep hearing you talking about God moving you in a direction. But many times God moves us in a direction, but we don't obey. It's one thing to hear God tell us to do something. It's another thing to say, yes, God, I'm going to do that. What, has it, what has obedience sort of in following God, even in these hard things, helped you to understand about who you are and about how life should be lived? Mm, I I think because I'm a challenger, when God tells me something, I'm like, that was for someone else, right? Like that's, I think my connection is like messed up. God, I don't think that word is for me per se. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of wrestling with God, mm-hmm. uh, particularly with things that I don't want to do. So I think on the outside, it's like, she's been very obedient. It's like, yeah, perhaps in some ways, but in other ways, before that is me hearing what he's telling me to do and, and wrestling. So when he told me to spend my second year of um, getting my graduate degree in social work, investigating child sex abuse. I fought him for months internally mm. in my quiet time because I did not want to do that. Um, so for me, it's looking like, it's looked like just wrestling with God um, and asking him like, help me to have the desire to be obedient, like work in me to do this. And so I think sometimes I think obedience is like this nice, neat package, but sometimes it's messy. And sometimes you got to get on your face and you got to repent and you have to seek him and get counsel. Like it's not, for me, obedience has not been packaged in a very neat way where I would like want it to be displayed on some kind of like screen. It's been you know a lot of wrestling in my quiet time with him because I want to be obedient, but my flesh is fighting and my personal desires are fighting. But um, someone told me recently or maybe a couple of years ago, they're like, either he he takes you by the hand or he drags you. And I feel yeah. like I've had a lot of seasons where he just had to drag me into it because I was like, I just don't want to do it. I don't know any other way to say it. You know, I so appreciate your transparency in that. I think lots of times when we tell our stories, they're wrapped up in a really nice, pretty bow and people like, oh, that's not me because we know what goes on the inside. But I think there's the whole lot of us that sort of like respond with a limp. If we go back to Jacob, he wrestled a whole lot. It wasn't until God touched his hip. And there's something that you know about when you meet another believer that's wrestled with God and they're limping, not from a bad moment, but because that's what God's used. And and God's taken some of these things and help you then now getting to what we mentioned at the beginning of our time together, the Rooted Life podcast. And again, rootedlifepodcast.com. What are some of the topics in that you you deal with and address when it comes to this sort of rooted life that you've been expressing already? Yeah. So I started the, I didn't, my, my co-host, co-host, this is my best friend. We've been friends for 12 years. So mm-hmm. basically most of our lives, well, not most of our lives, but a, a good amount of our twenties. Um, we started it. Basically God gave her this idea. Um, she kind of wrestled with him on it and then was like, well, I'll just ask Morgan if she wants to do a podcast. And I told her, sure. I've always wanted to do a podcast. So it was a, desire that God had already put in my heart and her heart as a communications major years ago. Um, and we just realized that there weren't women who looked like us talking about God. 
Mm-hmm. Like there, we just saw a deficit. Like there just seemed to be an issue. Like I don't see a lot of black single, m- m- like millennial ministers. I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that we're ministers. But I just we didn't see that, and we wanted sure. to see people who look like us who could speak to our experience. And so part of it was like we just saw, um, we just saw an issue that maybe God wanted us to be part of the solution for. And so our our brand is all about relationships and faith mm-hmm. and how we kind of are walking through different seasons of getting into our thirties now and um, trying to do this faith walk. And I think a lot of people have very um, limited understandings of what it means to walk with God. They have these very legalistic ideas of what it means to be a Christian. And we desire to show that it can be, it's challenging. Like yeah. we're wrestling, but it's fun. And there's so much joy out there and he brings us community. And we want to show people like what it looks like to walk with God that yeah. Monday through Saturday, what it looks like to be faithful in heart season, what it looks like to grow in your relationships and to be challenged and to, to walk in humility. So we kind of use our friendship as a kind of like um, our example of like, hey, in our friendship, we're struggling with this and God is teaching us this. And so it's really about yeah. relationships, but really on friendships. And in some ways as well, I think you, you talk about engaging in, in some issues that are, are challenging. And I use that challenging word very loosely, depending on who's talking, depends on whether it's challenging, I think sometimes, right? But then better engage issues like social, uh, social justice, not just for the point of saying, hey, social justice, but this is the call of Christ to love your neighbor as yourself in, in a Christ-like way. Uh, how have you been able to engage others that way? we've tried to use our platform to talk yeah. about social justice, bringing um, people on our podcast to talk about it. It's something that I, my heart has always, um, that's how I'm built. I think some people, God kind of, um, I think he burdens people's heart. There's a pastor I like who talks about holy discontentment. Uh, I love social that word. Justice is yeah, not holy great... discontentment. It's the thing yeah. that I'm just, I just can't get rest. I'm a, there's a lot of unrest in my heart about it because God has burdened me with that. Um, even if, since I was a child, you can ask my mom, I've always been about, that's not right. And that's not how you treat people. And so mm-hmm. um, that's something that I'm personally very passionate about. So we try to use our brand, but um, to, to bring about awareness and conversations in a way that people feel like it's approachable, but honest. Um, mm-hmm. And so we just been trying to do the best we can. And then I, honestly, in my own life, trying to live that value out, not just where it's nice on social media, but as I like interact with my neighbors and as I mm-hmm interact with people who look different from me, like trying to live that heart posture out beyond what people can see on a platform as well. Yeah. In, in the day in and day out, as anyone who has a public platform, whether it's as a pastor, like I am at Christian Pulsar Church, or whether it's on a podcast or radio show like Dennis is, and I am oftentimes, there is this temptation people have to draw a caricature of who you are based upon how you talk. And it's only a caricature if you're inconsistent in your day in Monday through Saturday sort of life, but to, to live from that. Now, uh, you've worked with uh, one of the partners that brings good news for the city uh, to the forefront, One Heart DC, to help serve DC and further the gospel. Talk about that a little bit, if you would. Yeah, so that partnership is kind of new. I don't even know how I met Howie. I don't even remember. Most how people I, don't. We've mentioned Howie know. from time to time. He just shows up, you know. He's, he's I don't know, but uh, him and I decided to grab coffee, and I was like, I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know what we're going to have in common. We talked for hours, just hit it off. Fantastic mm-hmm. guy, and just really talking about how we can. Um, help do like help saturate DC with, with the gospel and, and mm-hmm. how we continue to do more systems level work. So we're still kind of in um, the dreaming phase, but he's such a great connector. So still dreaming of how we can continue to collaborate uh, mm-hmm. to spread the gospel, but also change systems and change people's lives in our community. Yeah, and I encourage any of our listeners right now who are dreamers, 
Uh, don't give up on that dream. Uh, in fact, I'm going to have you encourage someone here when we get near the end, but uh, what are some other ministries you collaborate with? And then talk to me about why it's really, really critical for the body of Christ to work together. Yeah. Uh, so I work for a global uh, church here in DC. Uh, so my role is to help us engage with the community. So we partner with other churches like NCC and district church um, mm-hmm. and other local organizations who are like-minded in terms of trying to do not just helping work, which is what churches have historically done. We pass out groceries for 20 years and that's helpful. And we need to do that. But if we're only ever helping people, when are we ever getting to the transformation work? When are we ever changing generations? And so what I've been doing is utilizing my position to build partnerships with people who see that generation, that need for generational healing um, and that need to do transformational work. So no one has a plan yet, but it's kind of like, okay, we're going to try this and we're going to do that. So um, a lot of organizations from all types of issues and and topics, but still kind of growing in that area. Well, you know, uh, when it comes to these massive issues, it is a lot of, well, we have to try something. If it doesn't work, we take it off the list. You know, the old saying about Edison did, uh, you know, hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of ways how not to get the light bulb correct (laughs) to eventually get to it. But it was an issue uh, that was important that changed things. And these are even more important issues because more important about than light in our homes, it's the light of the world of Jesus Christ uh, around us. Now, one of the things that I love is that you make this focus on harmony. And I think there's just misunderstanding a lot of times in the churches. We talk about church unity and we translate that into uniformity, that everyone looks the same, mm-hmm. vote the same, talk the same, right. live the same place. Like if we used a musical analogy, everyone has to be middle C and the most diversity we can have is you get to be an octave below middle C or an octave uh, below, uh, above it. But the reality of it is, it's more like harmony. It's all the differing notes that God has created in us as human beings working together in a song to create something greater when it plays together. How do you see that partnership working towards something greater? Hmm. I, I think it shows the diversity of our creator. Mm-hmm. Like He's so diverse that he would give us all these different gifts, all these different holy discontentments, all these different backgrounds. I think that when we come together, I, I read a quote in my Bible that talks about when the body of Christ comes together, like we show the transformative uh, ability and nature of the Holy Spirit, that we show yeah. that through the Holy Spirit, we can be and look different. And so I think that the diversity speaks to our creator. It mm-hmm. points us, it points people back to him because this is not of our yeah. doing. It's it's of his grace and his love and his desire for unity. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that the harmony is hard because it requires us to do work in our own hearts. But I think that when we continue to be humble and submit ourselves to his ways, we get to point people back to a really beautiful savior. Yeah. Well, in the last minute or so we have together when we're talking, one of the things we often like to do on the show is to ask uh, one of our guests to tell us a story or to encourage someone out there. And you've told us your story. So I'm going to ask you, you know, if someone's listening to this, you know, right now on the radio or they got a hand in a podcast later on um, who are not necessarily feel like they're at the place, but feel this holy discontentment in them. What would you tell them? Uh, one that you're not alone in that the last 10 years of my life, there were jobs and seasons that did not make any sense. And I think that in God's sovereignty, he's given me the gift of hindsight where I can see that every single job, whether CPS or nonprofit or teachers, whatever it was, has brought me to this job now that he had a beautiful plan that he was writing. Um, and that God is trusting you where you're at right now. He's trusting you with those colleagues, with those kids, with those neighbors. He could have put you at any time in the mm-hmm. world. You could have been born into 1700s in any family, but he chose you for this time. And so he's trusting you with his babies, with his sheep. 
And I think to remember that, not that it's all on you, but he knows that you have it in you because he's already equipped you. And so be faithful where you are at and just know there are other people on the side of your obedience. It's, there's healing on the other side of this. There's redemption. Yes, um, And absolutely. he's not going to waste any of it. He'll use all of it for his glory and your good. I love that. He doesn't waste a thing if we allow him to use it. It is never wasted. So thanks for your time, Morgan. Thanks for joining us. As a reminder, if you'd like to hear more from Morgan, you can go to the Rooted Life podcast. That's spelled Rooted Life podcast, just like you think it is, dot com. It all is there or on any social media platform. You can look at Rooted Life podcast and find more about them as well. I know that Dennis, if he was able to join us today, would be amening a lot of what you said. And so just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you want more information about this show or any other show we've ever done. Uh, for our listeners, you can go to goodnewsforthecity.com, goodnewsforthecity.com, and find out more about us there. Or if you would like, you can get a hold of Dennis very specifically. He has an actual physical phone because he's not a millennial uh, that you can call him on. You can call him at 703-807-2266. That's 703-807-2266. Thank you for joining us today, folks. We appreciate it more than you realize. We will see you again next week. And as you go, remember, it's the gospel that makes a way. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.